Hello, Habit Mechanics. It's Dr. John Finn here. I hope you're having a fantastic week so far. Welcome to a shorter episode of the Habit Mechanic podcast. Remember, you can listen to live episodes of the Habit Mechanic podcast inside the Habit Mechanic University app, where you can ask us questions live and we will answer you during the live streamed podcast. Inside the app, you can also access your Habit Mechanic Toolkit. You can also watch our live masterclasses and join our live Change Challenge coaching sessions. You can download the app for free. As ever in my life, I see psychology everywhere. Um, but I, I was watching a TV programme the other night it's called Gone Fishing on the BBC and it's um two comedians who are who go on fishing trips around the UK. It's a very calm, relaxing program. And I think there's a trend of those kind of programs that have uh, got a lot of traction in the last few years because I think people have felt quite stressed. So watching that TV show is quite relaxing and one of the things they focus on a lot is mental health and they often have a lot of experts on and uh one the 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 guy they brought on uh in the episode i was watching this week he runs a company called tackling minds not tougher minds tackling minds and the tackling relates to fishing tackle and they set up a business where they take people who are stressed and they've got mental health diagnoses on fishing trips so it's, it's an intervention and it's actually something that um, you can get a prescription for from your doctor if you go to the doctor the doctor says yeah you've got all the signs of, of anxiety and stress related health issues they give you the option to go on this uh, retreat but it was really interesting to speak to the, the owner who, who'd had a lot of mental health problems and an alcohol problem addiction and um he was saying i tried all the nhs therapy i tried the coaching i tried the medic medication and he said for me i found fishing just going somewhere calm relaxing going through this ritual this routine of, of fishing which is ultimately a combination of habits he said a hundred times more powerful than therapy or medication and he just spoke to me that just another example of therapy and medication are outdated and they're not they're not effective if going fishing can be a hundred times more powerful than taking the mainstream um solutions then it shows you that those mainstream solutions are not fit for purpose because they're based on outdated thinking they're based on black box theories and i think you know, why does going fishing work? It's not just about going fishing. It's it's actually that it gets you to do something different. Taking medicine gets your brain work. It's designed to get your brain working a little bit better. It doesn't do that for everybody. But when you do get some success, it gets your brain working a little bit better. And that's the mind, that's the the brain states factor in our nine action factor model. So that's good. Tick that box. There's still eight factors to go. Talking to someone, talk therapy, which is traditional, um, which is what therapy is designed to do. And then maybe you're adding a bit of CBT to that. It's going to help your brain to work well as well, which is great. So tick, it's the same one as the medication does. 
and then the knowledge and the skills piece is ticked as well. Great. But we've still got seven factors in the model that are not being activated. So going fishing activates a lot more of those factors than um, the traditional other things that are being subscribed. So I just found that really interesting. And then Andrew and I were chatting about this. And I think you'd heard a similar story, Andrew, in a podcast that you listened to, uh, a guy called Alistair Campbell, who was a media advisor for the Tony Blair government in the UK. Yeah, that's right, John. I mean, I, I guess we, we wish people well on on, on the Tackling Minds uh, programme, such as it is. And um, yeah, it's interesting. It's really interesting to hear your analysis uh, of that. Um, and, um, you know, I know you've spoken at length before about your reservations with the current state of what might be termed broadly therapy and, and coaching and interventions like that. So um, it's interesting to see that extended to that. Um but yeah, uh, Alistair Campbell, um, obviously, as you say, f- formerly Tony Blair's uh, spokesperson and uh, now a, a well-known podcaster and, and broadcaster and, and um, campaigner, as he puts it. Um, he One of his campaigns is mental health um, and mental well-being. And um, he's been very open in the past about speaking hi- about his own problems with mental health and specifically with, I think he would term it alcoholism um and he has spoken about uh he talks very openly about his life and his lifestyle he goes running a lot and he also goes swimming i think he lives in north london uh and i'm pretty sure there's um, a bit of an old style lido in north london i.e an outdoor swimming pool um which is um uh, sort of been repopularized and is still popular and he goes there and he he talks about swimming uh, as being um you know his therapy uh, and and beneficial and talks about exercise being his therapy as well and i just wondered in the same way you've analyzed um the, the tackling minds fishing intervention what would you make of that i mean is it then i i take it we would say it's good but not good enough yes i think and if we go back to what are we trying to do as having mechanics we're trying to learn more about our habits we're trying to understand them better if we get to the point where we get diagnosed with a mental health illness or we get, we've got an addiction like to alcohol or to drugs. That's essentially where spotlighting a destructive habit. That's, that's the, that's the definition of a destructive habit. It's something that, um, and in fact, it's the definition of an addiction uh, in our way of thinking about it is that you recognize you're doing something that isn't helping you, but you can't stop doing it. And the traditional approaches to stopping us doing unhelpful things are take, a med- some, take some medication, which gets your brain working in a little bit of a different way, and then learn some skills. Um, and, and CBT is seen as a gold standard of that now. So learn to change the way you think so you can change a bit the way that you behave. But that isn't, Allow that isn't actually building different habits, different automatic ways of thinking and doing. So what the Alistair Campbell example is showing is that when he recognises that urge to do something, he does this other thing instead. And the fact that it's about exercise is really powerful. Um, and also the fact it's powerful because it's going to also reduce the urge to have the alcohol in his case because i would imagine that the alcohol desire is driven by stress so i feel stressed i feel stressed that i feel in this particular way so i do this particular thing 
the swimming and the exercise uh, habits that he's built instead are not only great counters for stress in the moment, but they also make stress, extreme stress, less likely to happen because brain functions better. So he's created some replacement habits rather than just talking about something um, or getting a bit of medicine to help his brain to work better. So, yeah, I think it's absolutely, they're, um, they're very similar examples and it's simply about building replacement habits rather than knowing what to do. So moving beyond the knowing and a few skills and actually, actually habitualising something. If you want to fulfil your potential or help other people fulfil their potential so you can feel great and get the rewards and respect you deserve, then I want to give you a free physical copy of my new best-selling book because you deserve to know the truth. The most important things for fulfilling your potential are not tips, tricks, hacks, therapy, coaching, meditation, breathwork, goal setting, journaling or finding your why. I know it sounds irrational because we're so used to hearing about using these things to help us fulfill our potential. But these approaches are outdated and ineffective and they are based on a big lie. To find out more and get your free physical copy of Dr. John Finn's best-selling book, The Habit Mechanic, go to tougherminds.co.uk. Yeah, a couple of questions um, uh, have sprung into my mind, uh, as you've said that, John. Uh, firstly, um, you mentioned the nine action factors earlier, and and I guess... Um, the 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 action of going fishing is is active to some extent people might argue it either way whether it's particularly active uh swimming and running certainly are active and as i understand it they will help to improve or they'll help certainly to contribute to management of your brain state your brain in in good health being well nourished and well fueled because of the chemicals that are released when we move and also the way that that exercise might interrelate to sleep and diet yeah so if we can if we think about just ourselves when we're really stressed and we're really you know, really struggling to manage you, our horribly unhelpful emotions. We're really struggling to get our attention to something that's helpful for us. That's, you know, the, these, the people with addictions, they are on that extreme end of the continuum. So even doing some quite small things is going to move them up the continuum enough so they start to feel like they're getting more control over their lives. They're not necessarily going to go into a, be able to go into, go into, um, an elite uh, high level math challenge and, you know, nail all the answers and do some really clever cognitive stuff. It's helping them to feel better. And yeah, you know, the fishing isn't going for a run and it isn't going for a swim, but you've got to walk there. You're in these calm surroundings. It's a social activity in that, in the tackling minds uh, setting. So we know there's something calming about, um, and something good for brain function around social connectivity. You're going to be less stressed then when you go home. You'll probably sleep better. 
you'll probably make better dietary choices, etc. So yeah, it's a big self-fulfilling loop, but that's the key. Um, I can see three of those talking about, I go for a daily walk in the woods, it never bores, and I feel my brain is empty whilst I walk. Um, is this the same type of habit you are speaking about? Perhaps a related question. I started a welding class and I'm learning something new and was so engaged whilst working in class, three hours went by like five minutes. Why don't I have the same engagement on my weekly paperwork? Yeah, it's it's really interesting. I, I can't answer why you don't have the same engagement in your weekly paperwork for your specific example, but we know that um, just being out in nature, if we take that example, the sounds, the ambience, it's very brain-friendly. We are hunter-gatherers. We've got um, over 300,000 years of brain evolution. Smartphones are 10 years old. So we're, 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 we're moving around, even with the nature noises we know, are helpful for brain function. Um, so it's ticking a lot of boxes in terms of helping us to be at our best. The welding piece, again, it's something physical. You're moving. You're probably stood up. There isn't the stress and the pressure to do something, um, to get something done. You know, you're enjoying it. It's a self-determining experience. With something like paperwork, it might feel more coercive. Um, there are maybe other things that you'd like to do. So what you're saying makes a lot of sense. And it's the ice cube type work, the paperwork, not the creative, the creative kind. Yeah, so I think it's coercive. There are things you can do to to make that. You can gamify it a little bit. It's the time of day that you you might do that paperwork. So if you've got a welding course, you might try to, um, and you're investing time and money into that. You might make sure that I'm in the great in a better uh, mind space. I don't know if you're doing that on the weekend or something, where your brain stop brain stays a little a little bit better. You're meeting other people there. It's you've got a social connectivity uh, going on. The 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 paperwork is maybe a bit like um, just monotonous. You don't feel like you're growing and you're learning when you're doing that. Like you're developing yourself. So we we talked about um, on on Tuesday this this three part equation for being happy. What is it? Well, the first part is getting your brain working well with sleep, good diet, good exercise, good social connectivity. The second part of the equation is having some fun, letting your hair down. That's easier to do than ever before. And uh, the third part of the equation is eudaimonic experiences, feeling like you're growing, um, you're learning, you're developing yourself. And you know the welding class speaks to those two parts of the equation. I can see where it's really activating those things and yeah go on andrew yeah i was just gonna say john i think three has also asked uh you know and i'm sure she's 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 just reminding us how many people can go fishing every day i i of course she's saying it's not practical to do it in your daily life but um i mean i know there are yeah you can easily go fishing every you go fishing multiple times a day if you wanted to yes well there we go but um I think there are things we can do every day to encourage movement, to encourage the, 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 
the things you've just talked about, John, to us. And of course, helpfully, there are, there are tools in the Habit Mechanic University app. So I think it'd be great to, to remind us all of what we can do every day, wherever we are, whatever we've got access to. Yeah, this is the whole... Before I do that, I'll talk about some other research um, that I came across. It's maybe even the start of this year. And it was a, a piece of data around... Um, depression and people who were clinically depressed got put into two different intervention groups. One intervention group was um, CBT, so typical CBT support. The other intervention group was doing something nice for someone else every day. The doing something nice for someone every day had a much more positive impact on people's depression than the CBT had. Why? I would argue it's because those people were doing something differently um, that changed their brain in a helpful way. Going to CBT, people were learning something, but they weren't doing different things. And this is why we have a daily toolkit in the Habit Mechanic approach, the daily tea plan, the daily three-to-one reflection, the willpower story, um, or the daily stress management tools that we can use because they make us do something differently. Um, we have weekly tools as well so that make us do something different at the end of the week. Monthly tools that make us do something at the beginning and the end of each month. So we know that if we want to build new habits, new automated behaviours, we've got to do things differently. Um, going for a walk in the woods is doing something differently and habitualising that. You know, going to, I do, I go to a class once a week and I don't always feel like doing it because it's the end of the day and I'm tired. But I know that doing that, going and, and being part of that, that group and learning something new is going to make me feel better for the rest of the week, even though it doesn't feel maybe all that great in the moment. So it is about doing things differently. We've been led to believe that if we can know things differently because education, predominantly where we go to school, is about knowing things differently, learning facts, and that's coming to tips and tricks and I read a book and and someone taught me this thing, but actually if we want to be at our best, we have to do things differently. In other words, change our behaviour, which then leads to new helpful habits. And that's why the habit mechanic approach is so powerful. Yeah, I know that you also go for a run, I think, most mornings, John, um, which is part of your routine to... Um, set yourself up for the day in many ways um neurobiologically um and and i know that has great benefits for you uh, as you as you explain to us and share with us um i just wondered if if alistair campbell for instance is doing some exercise every day um i know you know the answer to this but i think it'd be really helpful just to explain how he could augment that and add to it with a habit mechanic approach what else could he do in other words to to really um make that part of a a, a broader suite of actions that he can take so in terms of not just doing more exercise but other things yeah but feeling better and doing better yeah 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 well exercise is part of a, a four-part equation for good brain health the other one is the other part is sleep high quality sleep the other part is what you put into your body i was just on a call a really interesting call um someone was talking about we hear this we hear this rhetoric from the uh politicians quite a lot 
we are a world-leading country in this, we are a world-leading country in that. Well, the UK and, in fact, the US are world-leading countries in shortening people's health spans. Because although lifespan is lengthening, our health spans are shortening dramatically. And that's largely because the government are not very good at legislating against companies that are habitualizing our behaviours um, that make it more difficult for us to sleep well, eat properly, and exercise well. Um, the fourth part of the equation is good social connectivity. Um, so Alistair Campbell could think about those things if he doesn't already. He could then use tools like the daily tea plan to, to set up his day. He could timeline his day with a willpower story and start thinking about concepts like brain states and which jobs require which type of brain state. And really importantly, he could deliberately finish the day by writing things down. I had another conversation today with someone who kind of knows about some of the stress management toolkit, but has forgotten to use it. And they're talking about essentially higher levels of stress and saying, yeah, I must get back into the habit of writing down my written reflections at the end of the day. So there are tons of things that we can all do, which we call super habits that are going to make it easier for us to get our brain working well um, so we can feel good and we can strike a much better balance between hedonic experiences and eudaimonic experiences. Well, uh, that's great advice for Alistair Campbell. I wonder if uh, if you're listening, Alistair, you may not have a chance to listen to other podcasts. I know you're very proud of your own success at the moment with the rest is politics, but uh, golden advice there uh, for you from, from John. So let's hope it reaches you. We'll, we'll, we'll maybe try and get it to Alistair Campbell in some way, John. Um, I, just to summarise then, if you like, John, I know um, we started by highlighting a couple of of high profile examples but broadly as as i've said you've spoken and, and talked at length about your reservations your grave reservations with traditional coaching and therapy what does it have to do what does that 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 sector have to do to to change and improve I, I, again i know you know the answer to this but i think it's so useful to restate it yeah i think a great parallel is physical conditioning physical fitness where when I started my career, the professional sports teams and athletes were starting to incorporate sports science into getting fitter, condition, taking condition into a whole new level. And we've seen the, and, that, and they started to use what I would call first principle thinking. So they said, well, actually, this is how, this is how, bodies work this is how our physiology works this is how our nutrition works this is how we develop new muscles this is how we develop um better stamina we can see this at a blood level we can see it at a nutrient a nutrient level let's take that data and let's infuse it into how we condition professional athletes and what we saw over the last 20 years was a huge um increase in how physically fit professional athletes are because they took a first principle approach. If in the, the coaching sciences, in the human development sciences, um, in the psychological sciences, if we want to have those same successes, we've got to also use first principle thinking. And 
the physiological sciences have, have been way ahead of us in terms of understanding how bodies worked, how physiology worked. But now we've got enough insight in the psychological sciences to understand how brains actually work. Uh, we've got a good gist sense and we've got to use those insights to inform our practice. And the main things, the main thing those insights tell us is that it's a waste of time getting people to understand what they need to do if we don't actually help them to do it, to put it into practice so that they can create more automated, helpful thinking and doing. So we have to take a habit mechanic approach um, and recognize that brains are designed to save energy so they automate as much as they can. So if we want to help brains to the people to do better, we've got to help their brains to automate more helpful thinking and doing. And the only approach I know how to do that is by becoming a habit mechanic. Um, and the great news is now we're getting a, a small but very skilled and well-equipped group of people with our certified habit mechanic coaches who are learning how to do that and are going into the world and actually having that positive impact and the results they're getting for their clients are head and shoulders above results other so-called coaches or um, you know even those people that have dedicated their life to these fields are getting because they're actually focusing on the habits not on helping their people to know what it's a better idea to do yeah and i think john there's an opportunity to uh for people to um come to you and and apply to 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 be considered for for uh, the next batch of certifications so I'm, I'm sure they can get in touch with you uh, for that um we've just got a, a final point made by threena as we approach the end of the half hour uh, she says a lot of people feel so bad they can't motivate themselves to get up and move either through pain or mental unenthusiasm as she puts it is there any way to help someone who won't start the work themselves well might i suggest a daily tea plan would that be a good way to start john yeah, daily tea plan could be a good starting point. And we did a, you know, have a mechanic talk on motivation that we did yesterday. We took a deep dive into motivation. And, you know, the opening part was saying motivation's overestimated. It's only one of nine factors that drive our behavior. So that's the first thing to think about. It isn't all about motivation. Um, we've got to activate the other nine factors. And, one of those factors is the tiny factor, just making it easier. So I can't be motivated to go walk outside, but I could be motivated just to get up and move around the house a bit more and take a few more steps today than I did yesterday. Um, Recognising why I need to do that and tying it into reward and penalty systems. So yesterday we talked about making goals more meaningful than um, by using the why system. So understanding why I need to get up, why it's help, why it's important, not just for how I feel today, but also for my long-term health. Um, we can use triggering, which, you know, the daily tea plan would be one thing. Um, we know the power of social influence. So being part of a, of, a, of a community of people that are doing that, and there's all these clever 5K challenges and all that kind of stuff are much easier to achieve versions of that. So yeah, there are loads of things that we can do, but it goes back to the nine action factors because they are the factors that drive our behavior. So whichever new habit we want to build, we've got to go back and look at those factors. And that's why habit building plans are so important. We can't force people to, to do things ultimately. 
um, you know, we live in democracies and we have free will. So we can't force people to do things, but we can make it easier for ourselves and for other people to do things. So that's the way I would think about that. Yeah, well, fascinating. And uh, let's hope that as well as people taking the opportunity to consider becoming uh, certified habit mechanic coaches and to read the habit mechanic and use habit mechanic university out there the message uh, reaches uh, to policymakers as well and maybe if alistair campbell hears we might have a chance that he'll campaign as well john so uh, I, I understand you both share uh, a west yorkshire origin in keithley so perhaps he's got common ground with you there uh, well thanks for your time today john um great to speak about that really fascinating um as usual anything you'd like to say in closing yeah well just Thank you. Thanks to Threena for uh, contributing so richly. Thanks to everybody else that's been uh, listening. Um, thank you to you, Andrew. Some great questions. There is hope. We can do things differently. Um, we're seeing it every day. I speak to people. People tell me how these approaches are changing their lives. But again, you might have the book. You might have the app. You might be working with a habit mechanic coach. But if we want to feel better and do better and even lead better, it's not what we know, it's what we do. We have to recognise that we get good at what we practice, not once a week or once a month, but it's what we practice thinking and doing every day. So we have to embed those daily tools into our lives. They're there off the shelf for you, the daily tea plan, the three-to-one reflection, the willpower story, and many, many more. So use them. Because habits are the goldmine inside us and we never know which new habit we're working on right now or that we want to build is going to be the one that makes that big difference and gives us that one, that big leap forward. And that's why we say we're only ever one habit away 